Welcome to the ultimate hangout spot for all sports fans. Welcome to your all-access paths to everything sports. Welcome to GNT Sports Talk. And here are your hosts, Julian Gallardi and Bobby Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of GNT Sports Talk. I'm Bobby Thompson. I'm Julian Gallardi, and football's upon us. We've got three days to opening day. Football's back. AFC playoff preview. We're going to go division by division. The playoff teams we got. So, football's back. So, you're going to get a J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Wow, <laughs> Buffalo this week at MetLife. We're going to be out there. So, let's get rowdy, boys. Time to get this dub. Well, you're not going to get a J-E-T-S chance from me, but this is my favorite time of the year. It's been a long summer without any football games. Preseason is finally over. I can't stand preseason, to be quite it's honest It's way with too you. long. I've had enough of it. They need to just cut it down to two games. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. So, with that being said, I'm really excited with um, the Patriots this year. We're, we're dropping our banner against the Steelers on Sunday night. Uh, it's, it's really ironic. We're dropping our sixth banner against yeah. a team who has six rings. Mm. So the two teams that have the most uh, Super Bowl wins in NFL history are going up against each other. That's pretty cool. Uh, I can't stand either of them. <laughs> but, you know, all I'm going to say is this. You know, this division, it, I think this year it's not going to be a cakewalk for the Patriots in the division <laughs> because, I, as I've been saying all summer, I'm a realist. The Jets have really gotten a lot better. And I don't like that. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) what am I? I can't do anything about it. I got to face it. So, so with that, you know, AFC East. So, what do you think, Jules? I think um, it's going to be a fun year this year in the AFC East. Can we see some parity for the first time in almost 10 years? I really hope so, honestly. (laughs) So, we're going to go through some categories. We're going to say how we think it's going to play out from one to four. So. We're going to see what's up. Most important player in my book is Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold? Okay. Okay. I I respect that. Well, I think you know who I'm going to say. The most important player in the division is the GOAT, Tom Brady. It runs through him. You want to get, you want to win the division? You want to bring that AFC's title to your building? You got to go through him. And so far, it's been easier said than done since the past 10 years. The Patriots have successfully won the division consecutively 10 times going forward again this year that's what we're hoping for you know we got a tall task ahead of us we we don't take anybody for granted the Jets got a lot better everyone's praising the Bills see how they do but you know until I see it I'm not gonna say anything I'm not even gonna bring up the Dolphins Dolphins are a train wreck so with that we'll get to them in a little bit but you know as I said it's the it it runs through Brady it runs through Bill Belichick. It runs through the Patriots. You want to win. It goes through them. So that's my my most important player. I Yeah, I'm saying Darnold because the Jets, if they're going to have a successful season to make the playoffs, he's going to have to take that next step and get to year two. We already know what Brady's about. Although now things aren't the same as they used to be. Although his step, you guys are set. You've got a system in place that works pretty well. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to get ourselves going, which is why I think Darnold's the most important player. Mm-hmm. But if I was to look outside of our teams, I'd have to say Josh Allen. Because if the Buffalo Bills are going to get anywhere, he's going to have to show he's capable of throwing the ball, not just running it. I agree with you 100%. (laughs) Very good take, brother. I like that a lot. With the Bills, listen, they have no chance if Josh Allen doesn't play well. Look, they just got rid of Shady McCoy. They let him go. And I know the running back, what was it? Singletary is going to be the starter now, which is a great opportunity for him. Uh, Yeah, I heard from um, 
McDermott, he said that it's going to be a running back by committee. Obviously, you guys know they have Frank Gore and Yeldon. Singletary, Yeldon. Um, I, I think you're going to see a bulk of the carries go to the Singletary kid. He's really having a great camp. Um, he really showed them what he could do. Uh, Frank Gore is just an Iron Man. The guy's just is relentless. I love <laughs> his play. He's he's so old and he's still so tough to bring down. He's rel- I love it what he brings, and yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, I agree with you. And that defense for them, I hear is ferocious. Until I see it, I'm not going to really brag about them. However, I think that Josh Allen has a good arm. He's dangerous with his legs, as we saw last year, Jules. We both were uh, firsthand mm-hmm. to see that. So we're going to get a good look on them on Sunday, Jets-Bills. We're going to really get a great look and a great feel about how the Bills can play. I know I have uh, Julian and I have a good friend who plays for the Bills. His name is Tommy Sweeney, plays tight end. He had a good camp due to the injuries um, at the tight end position for the Bills, but he really has made a name for himself there in camp. I've watched him and, and the games that he's played, so I'm rooting for him for that reason. But other than that, you know, with the Bills – if the quarterback situation, if he, he's turning the ball over, they're not getting the ball downfield, they're not scoring points, and, and they should because look at what they got. They got uh, Cole Beasley, John Brown. Uh, they got all these cats. And, you Zay know, Jones. Saint, yeah, Zay Jones. They got I, – I, I forgot about him to be quite honest yeah. with you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, it all rides – Ruben division, Foster too. Yep, it all rides on – yeah, Ruben Foster – it all rides on the quarterbacks in this division. It all rides on the quarterbacks, in my opinion. Yeah, and the Dolphins don't have much of anything going for them, and they, they're in the news <laughs> again, and they just continue to go towards the tank. So the new slogan for the Dolphins is tank for Tua. This has been picking up steam for a while, and <laughs> yeah. they really got themselves firmly planted as the worst team in the league at this point, I would say. Agreed. Especially they just traded Laramie Tunsil, who was their only good lineman they had left. So now mm-hmm. you're flipping over a whole new offensive line. They got rid of Kenny Stills. They get two firsts and a second for this. So they get a decent haul in return, and right. it just builds towards their future planning. But this year is going to be tough to watch. There's not going to be much blocking. I think that Rosen and Fitzpatrick might actually both die on the field this year because the line's going to be a mess they're going to be in their face I feel bad for Kenyon Drake he's going to, not going to have much room to work with or Balaj or whoever's going to be trying to run the football because I don't really see how you're going to turn over a whole offensive line with five relatively inexperienced people from what I understand I don't know how that's going to fly you hit the nail right on the head brother I'll tell you that um I feel both quarterbacks are now set up to fail you let go of Larry Tunsil, who's arguably your best lineman. You let go of Kenny Stills, arguably your best receiver. So my question is, Brian Flores and the Dolphins organization, what what are you guys thinking? I, I don't know what you yeah. guys what the, what the thought it's process very puzzling stuff. What the thought process was going through your head when you made these trades? I understand you guys got a boatload of picks, so um, I understand that reason. But listen. Uh, you're tanking for tour, for tour, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, the Dolphin fans, I'm sorry. This is going to be a long year for you guys. I don't care who plays quarterback. Obviously, you guys know that's Ryan Fitzpatrick starting the year. I could see that changing and Josh Rosen getting thrown into the fire. Literally I, thrown into yes. the fire. He's going to get thrown to the Wolves. They're going to be hungry Wolves. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> this team is, um, 
in for a rude awakening, let's put it that way, and I, I, I'm i sorry, I don't even have them winning five games this year. I think four games is a gift, and I'll be <laughs> nice and be generous. I think I did the same thing. I was thinking 3-13 and 13 or 4-12. and 12 They're definitely the getting Dolphins. the first overall pick, in my opinion. It would be an upset if they didn't, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. And then, um, speaking of stuff like that, breakout player, who you got? For the entire division. Breakout yeah. player, in my opinion? Oh, I'll be the first one to say it, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, okay. I, I think Le'Veon Bell is he when he got signed, and you see it in camp as we saw. You see it in the he didn't play play in the preseason, but he made a lot of plays in camp. You guys know what he brings to the table. He's a wide receiver one and a running back one, all of them put together. He's the complete package. He's what you want in a player for your team. And the Jets got, like I said, I, I'm a huge Le'Veon Bell guy. I really am. Uh, he's the best running back in football. He's got fresh legs. He didn't play all last year. He's my breakout player. He will make this team a hell of a lot better. Last year, Sam Darnold did not really have time. The running back situation, they didn't do good in pass blocking. He's good all around. So everything you need, Sam Darnold's going to love him. You see it already. They already have a report together. So... Uh, that's my breakout star for this uh, this division is Le'Veon Bell. My breakout player is Robbie Anderson. Okay. Le'Veon Bell's my best player in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put him up on that pedestal already because he has the ability to be the best if he even comes close to replicating what he's in Pittsburgh. But Anderson had a down year last year, 50 catches, around 700-plus yards only. But last year – Two years ago, when we had Josh McCown in there, he almost had a thousand yards. I think that this can be the year he finally gets over that thousand. I think he can get like 70 catches or so, pull down 10 touchdowns. I think you're going to see a big jump from Anderson. He's the top receiver on the Jets, and he also has his best rapport with Sam Darnold, arguably. Yeah. Well, Quincy Anomo has a great one, too, and Jameson Crowder's been a great addition, but right. I think Anderson's going to be that home run hitter. And I think we can now have, now since we have Bell, we can bust the top off the defense finally. Right. That, that we never had anyone like that before. I'm also going to have Hearns on when he comes back off the suspension. That's going to be big. Also, we upgrade the offensive line. We got Assembly. We got Khalil out of retirement. So the Jets' offense is totally a different unit than I've seen. Last year, we ranked 29th in offense, so that's a welcome sign for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, I think he uh, he brings a lot to the table. He's not only a speed guy, he could run any route, in my opinion. Last year, he, they said his route tree was a bit limited. Now, mm-hmm. with Adam Gase, he's going to really have him run every kind of route. So I could see a big change in that, in my opinion. So I, I could see it. I, I, I'm a big fan of Robbie. I really am. I think he, he brings a different dynamic to you guys haven't had in a long time. And he's, and he's a young kid. He's, he's, he, he's got a lot of upside. He's got a long, long way to go. I think he real, if you guys lost him, I think you guys would be in trouble. But, you know, he, he's been a consistent force for you guys. I know he had a down year last year, but he still made some plays. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was very boomer bust last year. Like, he'd have the games, we'd have a nice, like, big reception. Like, against the Lions, he had that one for 40. Against the Broncos, he had right. a huge play. Then you wouldn't hear from him for a few weeks. No. That's just, like, how it went sometimes. But if you had to take Brady out of the equation, even though I don't think he is anymore, and you probably don't either, who do you think the best player in the AFC East is? If I have to take Brady out? Yeah. I just want to try to get well, some in- different answers and see. <laughs> you know what? I... Honestly, I I do want to say Le'Veon Bell because that's really what it is. But 
Get creative. Go I, I'm going to get creative. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to say Julian Edelman. Oh, well, I'm sorry. It's outside. Yeah, it's outside the box. I really think <laughs> what Julian Edelman brings to a team is competitiveness. He goes all out. He gives you 110% every play. Um, you saw the plays he makes in the Super Bowls, both Super Bowls he's been in. Um against the Falcons and against the Rams last year. So he, he was the big-time player. And Tom Brady loves him. He's arguably – he's 33 years old. And, Julian, you could agree with me, he's uncoverable. Mm-hmm. He's always open. He runs any kind of route. You know, he he's hard to bring down. He's hard to tackle. That's one thing, too. A lot of people always ask me this – I'll go into this real fast. Who do I like better, Julian Edelman or Wes Welker? And I'm going to tell you this right now – and. I don't care what anybody says. They might call me crazy. I'm going with Edelman all day. Edelman makes the catches when they need to be caught. He also is tougher to bring down. Wes Welker was dynamic. You know what he brought. He was a reception machine. He Edelman is the same way, but doesn't get as many receptions, in my opinion. But I, I'll go. I'll ride Edelman all day. He just makes too many great plays, in my opinion. So, so out of the box, best player other than Brady and Le'Veon Bell is Julian Edelman. All right, well, that's an interesting take. I was going to go towards the path of Gilmore, Jamal Adams, actually. How about best defensive player since I just opened up that box? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to go with three people, and it's okay. a three-team tie. Let's hear it. It's going to be Stephon Gilmore, who's, yeah. our, who's the best corner in football, in my opinion. It's Jamal Adams mm-hmm. and Dante Hightower, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those three, Dante Hightower, Stephon Gilmore, and Jamal Adams are three dogs. Those are three dogs, as in the words of this guy, who bring it every play. They're dynamic. You know what they could do. When they're on the field, they make plays. They know where everything needs to be done. I'll, I'll single everybody out quickly one by one. Stephon Gilmore, is argue, he, he shut down. I'm sorry, he is. He, he proved everybody wrong. A lot of people didn't like him when we signed him two, two years ago. Look at what he's done. Last year, he arguably his best season. When he covered anybody, you did not have a good day, except if your name is Corey Davis. Um, he shut down in the Super Bowl. He shut anybody down. I love it. So I'm going to go with Jamal Adams. This guy is a dog. The guy delivers hits like it's nothing. He could cover you. Early on in his career, he struggled in coverage. I think he got a lot better last year. He is argue- he is the best safety in this in this, uh, in this this division. I'm, I'm going to say that hands down. He definitely is. So it's it's him and McCordy. I think he's better than McCordy. I'm, I'll admit it, but um, he makes plays there. He is the captain of the defense. He, of that secondary, he makes the calls. He knows where the where he needs to be. And he knows how to make the play. And with Dante Hightower, when he's on the field, I'm sorry, he is the best linebacker in the division. Um, he he is a dog. He he knows where he needs to be played. When you need a play to be made, he's right there. So that's why I'm gonna go. What do you think? I think it's um, Adams is in the discussion, obviously, and I think Gilmore's in there. Also throw C.J. Mosley in there, potentially, if he plays up to his billing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. And then um, best coach is obvious. We don't even got to ask. There's no competition with this, and it's not even like – it's a funny question to even ask. But I feel like other divisions, that will be more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> not this one, though. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's arguably it's Bill Belichick. Until you win six, <laughs> a few Super Bowls and division titles back in consecutive years – it's Bill Belichick. That we don't even really need to get into big discussion about that. Best rookie, who you got? Best rookie. Division. Ooh, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of good rookies, man. Uh, I'm gonna go with Quinnen Williams. I hope so. Otherwise, we fucked up. Uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> with Quinnen Williams for the reason of being he. 
is the listen he's the third overall pick he's a complete mismatch when he gets on the field he's disruptive he can really make get the job done <clears throat> I think this year the Jets are going to get back to that defensive line they had a few years ago mm-hmm. he's young he's going to be there for a while he's he's a uh entertainer I'll tell you that fan he's a fan favorite they love him so a lot of people are really really happy to um you know have him there so I, I'm I'm a realist I'm going to call it how I see it 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 definitely is Quinn and Williams. Yeah, I hope so. And I think Ed Oliver is going to be right in the discussion with him, especially since they're both D-tackles, both top 10 picks. So it's going to be interesting to watch right away. We'll see what's up between the two of them. Yes, Let's see who makes more of an impact on Sunday. Absolutely. We will definitely see. It's going to be a great matchup to watch. Yeah, so we're going to predict the division now. I still have you guys winning it, unfortunately. I'm going to be realistic. I'm not going to be one of these over-the-top Jet fans that's like, oh, we're going to beat the Patriots. I'm <laughs> not there yet. But I'm very close to being there. I have you guys going 11-5. and five. I have us going 10-6. and six. So okay. we're knocking at your doorstep. I already said that I think we'll beat you guys once. I think we'll get that split. I think it helps to play you guys twice early on in the season. Sometimes you guys aren't quite warmed up early in the season, but early on the Foxborough is going to be tough regardless, I think. I think we'll get you guys at home on Monday Night Football, though. Well, everyone knows where I'm going with this. Uh, to be the best, you got to beat the best Patriots, and it's not going to be this year. The Patriots are going to win another division title. I have them. I had them early on in the year 14-2, and two, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go 13-3, and 12-4, in my opinion. Uh, the Jets are winning. Are winning a wild card. They uh, ten and six is right. Oh, he's got us in the playoffs. I do. I, I I'm a realist. J E T S. Yeah, I <laughs> I uh, I told you I'm a realist. They will make the playoffs. So, yeah. And dead, third is going to be Bills, and last is going to be uh, the Dolphins with three wins, if that. Yeah, I agree with that. I got the Bills going around 7-9. I think it could be like right in that area, around 500 ball maybe. Maybe if a few things go their way, they can be a little better if Josh Allen shows he can take the next step. Yeah. We're going to have to see. If they beat us week one, that would be trouble for us, obviously. Our mm-hmm. schedule's very tough in the beginning. Yeah. So that's our outlook for the AFC East. That's what we're working with right now. Absolutely, yep. Next up, we'll do the AFC North. We will be right back here at GNT. What's up, GNT fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? Follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at GT Sports Talk 2, where we provide your all access pass to everything sports. Once again, that's at GTS Sports Talk 2. Now back to the studio. Welcome back to GNT Sports Talk. Now we will transition over to the AFC North. Yes, we will. So we just went over to AFC East. We both got two playoff teams out of there. So we got three divisions left with four playoff teams. Yep, there we do. Now we're on to uh, the AFC North. And this division uh, is definitely taking a turn, in my opinion. Yeah. That's to say the least. A lot of stuff's happened in this division. Yeah, so uh, let's get right to it. Uh the biggest storyline in this division, in my opinion, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that they are a complete train wreck. And I know a future listener of ours, Jill, is not going to like to what we have to say about this. Sorry. But look, uh, the Steelers had a problem. You know, back in the day, they had the killer bees. They had Ben, A.B., and Bell. Mm-hmm. Those are the boys. And 
We all know that Bell sat out a year last year because he wanted to get paid. And we chilling with us. And he decided to leave. We all knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then AB decided to turn into a clown. <laughs> yeah. And show that he's just self-centered. He doesn't care about anybody but AB. Well, he gets shipped off to Oakland and for nothing. They gave him away for chump change, in my opinion. So... This te- this the Steelers. It still baffles my mind how the Steelers had Bell, Antonio Brown, and Roethlisberger and couldn't win a Super Bowl. I, it's still that offense is just scary. How they didn't win a Super Bowl is still baffling in my eyes. They didn't even make it to one. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. They didn't even make it to one. Not not even like getting to there losing. They didn't even make it to one. But. You know, I actually have more optimism for the Steelers than you do, I think. Although I don't I don't think they're going to win this division. So, I'm like halfway in, halfway out. But I think the Steelers can pull it together. I actually think the breakout player is James Washington. I think that's my breakout player for the year. Last year he didn't do much, but now he's going to be thrust into that wide receiver two role. And this year he is going to get a lot of targets. I also think Vance McDonald is a player to watch. I think he's going to get a nice increase in targets as well. James Conner has to stay consistent for the Steelers to be a good team. And the Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have to show he's capable of being a top receiver. These are questions they're both going to have to answer. Defensively, they're looking a little bit better back there. Devin Bush was a good draft pick for them. I think he might be the best rookie in this division. I actually think him and Greedy Williams might be fighting for that spot. Breakout player, James Washington already said that. Most important player in this division. Who do you think? Most important player in this division. Ooh, you know what? I think, in my opinion, the most important player in this division is going to go to... And this is really tough. Uh, You know what? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Big Ben. Oh, yeah. That's a good pick. I'm going to have to go with Big Ben. Yeah, you know, he's been a staple for the Steelers. You know, he has been consistent with them. He's had the... His uh, weapons he's had his entire career is amazing. And he tends to make everybody better as as those players make him better as well. Um, this year, you know, he doesn't have Antonio Brown. I want to see how that's going to affect him, in my opinion. However, I think Juju Smith-Schuster has is capable of being a wide receiver one and really playing exceptionally well. James Washington, I agree, is a breakout star. He's going to get a lot of targets due to the double coverage that Juju is about to see. Um... Also, I think the running back situation with them not paying Bell, I still think that they they made a huge mistake paying mm-hmm. A.B. and not paying Le'Veon Bell. But James Conner has really came in there and done a great job. And they also have Jalen Samuel back there who could also get the job done. But this team, to me, to be successful, it has to go to the defense. you got to see how they play because their defense hasn't been that great in a couple of years. But in the draft, they picked up a few guys who can uh, get the job done. But back to... Big Ben being the most important player he is, you know, he is the reason they do so well. So that's my uh, most important player. How about you? I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson, actually. I was thinking about that. I think that he's going to be very critical to the Ravens. And I actually think the Ravens can be in for a very good season. I like a lot of the stuff that's going on there. They got Mark Ingram. They got Gus Edwards. They got Hill, who they drafted. They got a lot of running backs working in that system. Hmm. Also, they will face the league's second-worst rushing defenses on their schedule. Hmm. 
So that's going to help them pound that ball. And you know that they're going to get it going. Lamar Jackson's going to be running a lot. The question is, can he throw the ball? How will Marquise Brown look? He can be a big addition for this team. Right. Also, can Willie Sneed find some consistency? He has another great chance here. Could be the top target on this team right now. Also, Hayden Hurst, can he wake up? Can he show something? Could he be a breakout candidate? Maybe, but I'm more sold on Washington at this point. Also, the Cleveland Browns are going to be very interesting to watch. I actually think the best player might be Baker Mayfield in this division or Odell Beckham, honestly. You know, I keep kind of forgetting that Odell is in this division and it's crazy. But yeah, I think Baker's Baker's weapons are outstanding. Odell is definitely going to make Baker better and Baker is going to make Odell better, in my opinion, definitely. Yeah, those two, it's going to be interesting. The question I had with the Browns is their coach, because he's never coached before, and he was just calling plays. And he said a lot of questionable stuff this offseason already. He hasn't seen the handle the media too well from what I've listened to. And he just seems like he doesn't really want to be bothered by stuff. But you're a head coach. You're going to have to take some accountability when things go wrong. Yeah, they're a bit inexperienced (laughs) at the head coaching position. Uh, I don't know why they chose this guy, Freddie Kitchens. In my opinion, I think they should have stayed with Greg Williams. Greg Williams the go, baby. <laughs> so I think he definitely did a great job as the interim last year, taking over for a terrible coach, Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackson, in my opinion. Um, but that's beside me. But, yeah, it's, it's we'll see how that goes. This team is full of talent, both on offense and defense. But let's just see how Kitchens can really coach this team because if he could coach them, they could be dangerous. So, with that being said, it really, I agree the coaching is really a big question mark for them. Other than that, the other teams are just fine in that category. So, the Browns are really going to have to come together. And Freddie Kitchens is really going to have to bring in all the, uh, the uh, personalities he has now on that team. So, we'll see yeah, how it goes. that's a good point, too. I was about to get to that. They got a bunch of... Loose cannons in that locker room, for lack of a better term. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> you got Baker, who likes to run his mouth a lot. You got Odell, who's still talking about the Giants. And you have Sheldon Richardson. We all know the stuff he's been through with all the... Yeah. He's been... He seems to be better now, but... They have some other guys, too. You're adding Kareem Hunt off. What happened with that situation? Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff going on. Jarvis Landry's outspoken at times as well. Like That's the thing. This thing can blow up quickly on the Cleveland Browns. I, the talent on paper is outstanding, and it's probably one of the best teams in the league if you just look at the names on the, on the paper, honestly. Yeah. But it's not about that always. No. You remember how the Eagles formulated the Dream Team, and they, oh. and they were like, what, 7-9? and nine? That was a disaster. How could you forget the Dream Team? Namdi Asumwah, <laughs> like Vince Mike Young Vick, back yeah. in the day, all, Mike Vick, all that stuff. Yeah, and look what happened with that. <laughs> yeah, Namdi Asumwah forgot how to play football. That's playing mildly. That was crazy. I've never seen such a drop-off like that. But it's just a cautionary tear to calm the Browns hype down. Yeah. I'm not I'm not fully in on the Browns, but I understand why people would be. My best coach in this division is actually John Harbaugh. I agree. I agree 100%. John Harbaugh is a great coach. Look at what he's turned around the Ravens uh franchise. He took him to a Super Bowl and won against his twin uh, against his twin. His uh his brother. Close enough, right? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh against Jim when it was on the 49ers. So it definitely is. I think it was you know what? I think Tomlin is a good coach, but Tomlin does not know how to, to get his players in check. You obviously see why. And there's and from one of his best players back in the day, James Harrison said it. He didn't know how to run the ship. The 
the inmates ran the asylum, as he would say. So, yes. John Harbaugh, you don't see guys doing that there. You see his guys mm-hmm. playing for him. He makes They're consistent. You know, they do anything they can. He made the hard decision to get rid of Flacco and go with Lamar Jackson. So, he, he really is a good coach. He's got the he's got the hardware, he's got the jewelry to prove it. So does so does um Mike Tomlin. But I think J- John Harbaugh is definitely the better coach. Definitely. Yeah, he's gonna be key for them this year as well. Earl Thomas I think is also a big addition for Baltimore. Yeah. They they lose C.J. Mosley and Terrell Suggs. Those are big losses. Yeah. So. But I think they'll hold up just fine. That defense is still going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And you have to go to Baltimore. It's a tough place to play. I'm not looking forward to our team going there later in the season on a Thursday night. That's not going to be fun on a short week. But, um, yeah, I mean, Baltimore has what it takes, I think, to win this division. Baltimore can be scary. A few weeks ago, I would have said no. But what I'm seeing from them is the players that they lost. They lost their best defensive player, in my mind, C.J. Mosley. But they replaced that with one of the best safeties to ever play the game in Earl Thomas. So he's going to make that team a lot better. Um, I think that Lamar Jackson, he's going to surprise a lot of people. Last year you saw he couldn't throw the ball, but he's electric when he run when he's got the ball in his hands. This year, well, the guy could throw it. You're going to see him make a lot better plays. He will throw the ball. He's going to be very, very dangerous. Uh, this defense is underrated in my opinion. They are scary. I think they are a sleeper team to watch out for. I do agree with you that they will win the division. A few weeks ago, I said it was going wow, wow. to be Browns. After a few weeks of watching them in the preseason, I take that back. It's Ravens. Wow, I actually went Ravens because I thought you were going to go another way. But No, I actually think Ravens will get it. But in all seriousness, I got Steelers and Browns right up, the, right up them. Like right behind them, I got Ravens ten and six, Steelers nine and seven, Browns nine and seven. Right. Ravens are a playoff team, and then I have a couple nine and sevens that I'm gonna have to break a tie with later in the show. So mm-hmm. that'll be the reason for people to stick around. Yeah. Right now we have three playoff teams: Jets, Patriots, and Ravens. Jets, Patriots, and Ravens. Yep, that's what I have, and I think that the Browns have potential to be the second wild card team. I do. If they really can get it together. Yeah. And Freddie Kitchens can, you know, get get control of the team, and there's, there's no problems with Odell throwing a temper tantrum or, or Lamar, uh, excuse me, Jarvis Landry causing issues or Baker doing something. Then I think that they could really be very good, and they could be a team nobody will want to play against in the playoffs. I actually think that Week 16 Jets Steelers is going to be a big game. I, I can see the winner being in a good position to make the playoffs and loser being in trouble. Hmm. It's two weeks left in the season. I can see them both being right there in the cusp of things. That game's going to be meaningful. Hopefully, hopefully it gets flexed to prime time. I've been seeing ever since the schedule came out. I've been talking about that. That I hope they switch that so Bell can get his revenge game at night. And we can go at the night. It's going to be cold, but hey, it's prime time, baby. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's going to be, be something. It's going to be frigid that day. Uh, that's putting it mildly. Yeah, it's <laughs> December twenty second. Jesus. It definitely <laughs> is going to be a game that has huge playoff implications, in my opinion. I hope so. That is a game. The, the way you said it put hits the nail on the head. That t- that game could decide if the. Jets get the wild card or the Steelers get the wild card. Anything yeah. could happen. So that game, I think, the last home game for the Jets, that game is going to be rowdy. That uh, no matter what, so it, it's got a lot going on. 
<laughs> yeah, so you know what's actually funny? We haven't even mentioned the Bengals yet in this discussion. And do we really need need to, in my opinion? I, I feel, yeah, well, of course we do. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, this team has not been good in a long time, and A.J. Green is out for a couple weeks. But they got some pretty decent playmakers, in my opinion. Tyler Boyd is a very, very underrated I'm receiver. I'm a big boy guy. I like him a lot. He's yeah. another breakout Kansas, I think, honestly. Hmm. I agree. I think he's going to be the best receiver on the Bengals statistically, maybe not even a bold claim since A.J. Green's going to miss some time this year. Yeah. I actually took him over A.J. Green in the draft. I took Boyd first, so before <laughs> Green. But, you know, it's because Green's not playing right away. Yeah. But it's all good. It's going to be a fun season. The Bengals, though, I don't know about that. Geno Atkins, though, he's the best defensive player in his division, in my opinion. A very underrated player has been lost in the folds in Cincinnati. One of the best team linemen in the game. He gets constant pressure for the D-tackle position. He's disruptive. It's just that the Bengals have so many other holes that it doesn't really get noticed and talked about too much. But I do want to give them their due. They have some nice players, like you said. Joe Mixon can be another breakout candidate, I believe. He's going to have a good chance this year. It just depends how Dalton does, which is never too good normally. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's daytime Dalton. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to start with that. Yeah, Geno Atkins is so underrated. I feel terrible for him. He does. He definitely does get lost in the fold, in my opinion. Yeah, for uh, sure. He, he really is a constant on defense for them. He gives you everything you need. He is the anchor that makes that defense run. Um, <clears throat> Joe Mixon, I think he – last year he was tremendous. I think this year he's going to do just that as well and be a lot better than he was last year. But I agree, Tyler Boyd is definitely a, is a breakout player. You saw what he could do last year. He got his contract. He got paid this offseason. So you, you'll see. You'll definitely see uh, them make some plays. But when it comes to the win column, you won't see many of those. Yeah, I got them at like 5-11, and 11, I think, somewhere yeah. around there. But Geno Atkins is a dog, though. I didn't even realize this. 10 sacks last year, 45 tackles, 13 tackles for losses, 19 quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. Very under the radar season for Geno Atkins. Yeah, see see what he does? He's consistent every year. He makes the plays. He, he doesn't make excuses. He doesn't complain. You don't hear about him running his mouth, bashing the team. Uh, he's just an all-around great guy, great player. And, yeah, but... With this team, I agree. I think Andy Dalton is is very, very uh, um, overrated, in my opinion. Very I, mediocre. Yes, mediocre at best. <laughs> I think that he, he just can't win the big game. When, no. when the going gets tough, I think he crumbles. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he, he folds like a cheap suit. Yeah. <laughs> but AFC North, I'm pretty sure we're set with at this point. The next division on the plate. It's going to be the AFC South, so everyone keep it tight. We'll be right back with the AFC South. What's up, GT fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? Follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at GT Sports Talk 2, where we provide your all-access pass to everything sports. Once again, that's at GTS Sports Talk 2. Now back to the studio. AFC South division preview and what a whirlwind it has been for the AFC South within the past week and a half or so. First, you get the bombshell that Andrew Luck's retiring. Then you got the Texans shipping to Davion Clowney off to the Seahawks for chump change. And then you have them trading a bunch of draft picks to pick up Tunsil and Kenny Stills. So what is going on in the AFC South? It's definitely given everybody a lot to talk about. Uh, 
Yeah, so I'll start it off with uh, Andrew Luck deciding to call it quits after seven seasons due to injuries. He's battled a lot of them his whole career, and he just couldn't get over the rehab. He just took the joy out of football in his own words, so he called it quits. I had this team winning the division when he was playing, when he retired. No, I don't have them winning anything. The Their quarterback right now is Jacoby Brissett, and when he played last year, he did very well. He did sign an extension today, two years, $30 million. They also signed uh, Patriots recently released backup quarterback Brian Hoyer <laughs> yeah, to back that. up Jacoby Brissett. So two <laughs> Patriots backups back, uh, playing with each other again on the Colts. He signed a three-year $12 million deal. So the Colts, you know, it leaves them in a bit of a uh, – a bit of a pickle, in my opinion, to put yeah. it that way. Yeah, so first you go from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett, which is obviously a huge drop-off. But not only that, your backup situation goes from Brissett to Hoyer. Yeah. It's a huge gap in both positions, obviously. I mean, tell me what you think about Brissett. You saw him play. How how capable do you think he is of leading this Colts team to the playoffs? That's a tall order, in my opinion. But listen, when he was called into uh, relief duty when – in 2016, when Brady was suspended and Garoppolo got hurt and he came in, he made plays. He really played well. You know, he's got a great arm. He's a very underrated passer. You saw what he could do last year. Him and T.Y. Hilton had a great report. Um, he could get the job done. You know, I think he's really gotten a lot better. He makes a lot better decisions than he did when he was younger. I think working behind Brady and Andrew Luck has made him a better player. So I think in that uh, perspective, I think Colts fans will be happy to hear that. But with uh, them signing Brian Hoyer, you know, I think if Brian Hoyer has to be called into play, he can be serviceable. I don't think he's a guy who can lead you to the Super Bowl or even the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, I think that Jacoby Brissett gives you a better uh, chance of that because of his playmaking ability. But with that, they're, in my opinion, I'm sorry, I think they're in trouble. And this team is talented. They got a great offensive line, in my opinion. I think you could agree on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense is on the rise. It, it, it's a shame. You know, this team was really about to get something going. And, and Andrew Luck retires, and they, they got a huge uh, hole in the quarterback position. They really got to figure out what they really want to do. Obviously, they're going to go with Jacoby Brissett to start, but we'll see how that happens in a few weeks. But, yeah, this division is uh, shaken up, and the Colts really uh, went from being a potential uh, division leader and high seed in the playoffs, in my opinion, to maybe not even making the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be a tough road for them. There is a way they could still make it, but it won't be easy. Like you said, they have a very complete football team. At least, like, they're set up. It's not like the quarterback has to carry them, but it's just a different aspect when you go from someone like Luck to Brissett. Brissett's, like, you know this better than me. He's a good game manager. Like, that's kind of what he is in a way. Can he do that with the Colts? Yeah, he might be able to, but the problem is I don't think he's going to be able to elevate the Colts over a team they shouldn't beat. I agree. I think that he definitely is a game manager, in my opinion. I think that he's going to really have to step up his game for this team to even go to win a bunch of games, let alone win the division and make the playoffs. So it's a tall order. Like I said, it's definitely Mm -hmm. a lot to talk about. 
Um, I don't think it's likely, obviously. It's not likely. It's going to be trouble for them. They're really going to have to really uh, evaluate this after the season, see how he does, and if he doesn't do well, maybe they're going to have to be uh, trying to go in the quarterback market in the draft or the free agency or whatever. So it's really something to monitor for Indianapolis, and Jim Irsay really has his hands full. Yeah, they really – So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, so in the other part of this division, you have the Texans trading to Davion Clowney. And it reminds me of that situation uh, in SpongeBob when Patrick was trying to buy something from Mr. Krabs. And then he's like, I, and then, um, so the Seahawks are, are Patrick and the Texans are Mr. Krabs. And Mr. <laughs> Krabs accepts and after Patrick's like, I only have $3 and he sold it. <laughs> that's what it felt like they got clowny for that's a good analogy i like that it's a great humor i love spongebob we all love him so all right let's get to this jadavian Clowney's arguably one of the best pass rushers in football he's a f- uh, former first overall pick back in 2014 out of the university of south carolina um he was a playmaker with the Texans, I think that early on in his career, he battled a lot of injuries, really wasn't playing well. But in the past couple of years, he's been a complete game changer. Him and J.J. Watt on opposite sides causing havoc for those opposing quarterbacks. But listen to me. He didn't want to play. He wanted to get paid. You guys wouldn't pay him. The He had two... He had two teams he wanted to go to. It was the Eagles and the Seahawks. The Dolphins were interested. You heard the Jets were interested. But and all in all, it ended up going to the Seahawks for literally nothing. Three dollars. Three dollars. You're getting a <laughs> franchise type of player for three dollars. A fourth <laughs> round pick. Are you kidding me? I think they what? got a third. That's why it's the three dollars. Let but. me ask you this: How does Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills get more value than Jadavian Clowney? I just don't get it. I guess it's because. It's hard to explain when you look at it that way. It has to be the fact that he wants to get paid, so that makes that always lowers the demands for the trade. But Khalil Mack got two first-round picks, and I'm not saying Clowney's Mack, obviously. No, but no. It was a similar situation. The thing is that Clowney's apparently forced the Texans' hands because he wasn't going to sign his tens or whatever. I think that's what ended up happening, getting complicated with yeah. this. But... um. It just doesn't make any sense, man. You got you give you give up Clowney for a third round pick. You get a scrub, Jacob Martin, who's barely even playing this league. Then you get Bartavius Mingo, who's been nothing but a bust. Bartavius Mingo. That's oh what you God. get back. You get back two marginal backup players and a third round pick for one of the best rushers in the league. Oh, was a third round pick? Yeah, but still. I'm sorry. It's yeah, still embarrassing round. though. Yeah. It doesn't make it much better, in my opinion. No, it doesn't. It's it's kind of, in my opinion, I the Seahawks won this trade definitely. <laughs> they, uh, they won this to me. Sweet. You you do not. The Texans don't have a GM. Their GM. Yeah, that's showing this trade yeah. obviously because yeah. this is, and they then they give up all that stuff for Tunsil and Kenny Stills too. That's the price you pay for not having a general manager or maybe letting Bill O'Brien make the call. Yeah, that's shots. what happens when you don't have a GM, I guess. And thank yeah. God we took care of that situation. Yeah. Because things are, would have been a lot worse as we saw. Yeah. it's it, The Texans definitely uh, made some questionable decisions over the past couple of days, letting go a lot of. Uh, future picks that could have been great players for them in the first in the first couple rounds in the draft coming up. So 
They better hope Laramie Tunsil doesn't put on that little smoke mask he had on <laughs> and better hope that Kenny Stills keeps his mouth shut about all the stuff he's been running his mouth about the past couple of weeks. So uh, with that, though, I'm just going to say, you know, in a way I think you're adding to the offensive line. Laramie Tunsil will definitely help Deshaun Wat- block for Deshaun Watson, and that's exactly what you want. And it gives another weapon for uh, for Watson to throw to. Now he has he has New Hopkins, he DeAndre Hopkins. For those of you who don't know his nickname, yeah. uh, Will Fuller's coming back. He's got Kiki QT, and now he has Kenny Stills. So that's a pretty decent, good weapons. And then oh my God, that's four deep. That's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's something. I'll tell you. <laughs> I didn't even realize how deep they were at receiver. Like, I kind of forgot about QT for a little bit, to be honest. I was thinking about Fuller. I was thinking about Stills. And then, I, obviously, Hopkins, who I think is the best player in this division, actually. Agreed. And um, he's definitely got a stake for that claim. He's been playing well for years now. And it's going to be something to see this Texans football team. I'm, very, I'm struggling if I want to have them win this division. I'm very close to having them win this division. My most important player in this division is a tie between two people but it's going to be jj watt because they just got rid of clowny so he's going to have to stay healthy and make sure that he's producing at his all-star level Mm -hmm. not all-star pro bowl his name baseball but you get it yeah (laughs) and um i also think nick Foles. i want to see what he has with the jaguars I think the Jaguars could be a very interesting team if things go in their direction. Can Leonard Fournette stay healthy? The defense won't be as bad as it was last year. I don't think. I still think Jalen Ramsey's the best defensive player in his division. I think he'll get his head on straight. He's looking for that paper this offseason. So I think you're going to see a great season from Jalen Ramsey. And I just think if Foles can get it to click, if Foles can get it to click, I really think that D.D. Westbrook can be a breakout candidate for this team I think he's the best receiver they have I also think Marquise Lee if he can stay healthy last year they took DJ Chark they're gonna hope he can make a leap forward they also drafted Oliver in the third round from San Jose State 56 catches 709 yards and four touchdowns last year so they're gonna hope that he can make a contribution as well and they got to see how Leonard Fournette's health is actually the biggest question mark for the Jaguars, I would say. He's got to stay healthy and start running the ball again, give him that power, control in the play, that running the ball, they make the timely throws, they play the good defense, and that's how they win games. So, yeah, I'm going to go back into this. I have a tie for the two best players in this division, in my opinion. I think J.J. Watt is definitely up there, and I think Jalen Ramsey is the other one. I think Jalen Ramsey brings a whole different dynamic to this division and this defense. He is the best corner in this division, in my opinion. He's one of the best in football last year uh, statistically. He did not have a good year, but he still made some plays. Uh, He is definitely looking to get paid, as he should. He's a shutdown corner. He could cover anybody, you know. I think this year he's definitely going to bounce back. He's going to help this team a lot. This defense is going to get back to form it was two years ago where they were shutting guys out, shutting people down, hard hitting, a very, very underrated defense. And on offense for the uh, Jaguars, you know, I think they upgraded at the quarterback position, getting Nick Foles, a Super Bowl champion, away from the Eagles signing him. I think he's going to help this team tremendously. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, I like how you said that. He's definitely a breakout candidate. He's been having a great camp. He runs great routes. He's very quick. Uh, they like him a lot down there. Uh, DJ Chark is is underrated in my opinion. 
the tight end position. That guy Oliver, I think, could help out as well. But I think it all rides for the Jag in the Jaguars' perspective. I think it all rides on how well Nick Foles plays because if he plays like he did on the Eagles and during the Super Bowl run, they could go far. But if he plays not like he did when he was on the Rams, they're in trouble. I think you need to find some middle ground because I'm not sure if you could find that Foles magic from the Eagles again, but I don't think he'll be as bad as he was with the Rams. If he is, that's a serious issue. Uh, well, for their sake, let's hope <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. So Westbrook had 66 catches, a little over 700 yards, and five touchdowns. It was his first fully healthy season, so I think he can get over 1,000 yards if things go well and the Jaguars move the ball. It's really going to depend like, on Fournette, like we said. I can see the Jaguars going around 9-7. and seven. Also, Josh Allen. Best rookie. Agreed. I can't believe he fell in the seven. That was crazy. That that's a steal for them. He he's a tremendous player, and in camp, he is a problem. I saw I read some reports out of Jacksonville from their beat writers saying that their offensive linemen couldn't block him. They couldn't block him at all. So that's something huge for them, especially since uh, Yannick Nikengakwe is a free agent after this year, and he's looking to get paid, and they may not pay him. So they got him in to help him out. Uh, I think he's going to make a lot of plays this year. You're going to hear his name a lot. He's going to be in the backfield a lot, causing a lot of problems for teams who have to play them. So, yeah, Josh Allen will is the best rookie in this division. He is disruptive. You saw what he did in college, and I think he could be a great player in this league for a very long time, and he's that next great pass rusher, in my opinion. He's got a lot of upside. Yeah, I agree for sure. He had some crazy plays against the Dolphins. A couple of times he just missed getting to the quarterback. I was, I was watching a bunch of footage of this. I know the Dolphins aren't the best example, but I'm telling you, the moves, the speed, the motion, it's all there for Josh Allen. That burst as soon as the ball snaps. It's crazy to watch how fast he moves. I want a Part of me wanted us to take him at three, and I might regret it if he becomes the next big double-digit sack artist and Quinnen doesn't quite move up to the hype. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I thought about Josh Allen for a lot. And the fact that he fell to seven is just a complete joke to me. I don't understand how that happens. When you have a league that's predicated on rushing the passer and you have potentially the best one in the class falls to seven, I think is going to be solid at two, but we have to see what his injury story is. He hasn't even played in the preseason yet. So Josh Allen could end up being the best pass rusher in this entire draft class, and he fell to seven. Yeah, they they got they like I said earlier they got a steal with that he he brings a different dynamic like you said the speed the, his timing off the line his what he could do it it's they they got a real treat he's and a hybrid yep and he's he's gonna be good for them for a very long time. Yeah, and that just makes that defense even scarier as if it needed help. Yep. <laughs> so, and to add one thing real quick, uh, they re-signed Miles Jack to a four-year extension. That's right, they did. Good news, brother. So the one team we haven't talked about, the Tennessee Titans. Could we have a little quarterback controversy brewing in Tennessee with Mariota uh, Tannehill? Uh, oh, God. It, it, it's, it's it's pathetic, that the quarterback <laughs> situation. Marcus Mariota, uh, former first-round pick of this team, He's he's been, in my opinion, he's been so mediocre. He's too hot and cold. He's too inconsistent for my liking. He, he just doesn't make the plays consistently that you need him to make because he has potential to be very good, but it's just not there. And he's got a great team around him. Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis, Corey Davis, Tajay Sharp, uh, Delaney Walker's coming back from injury. So it, it's, it's truly upsetting. They did trade for uh, Ryan Tannehill from the Miami Dolphins. So you know what? If, if um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, if Mariota's gets hurt because he's another ten man, he gets oh, hurt very God. easily. Yeah. But if he's turning the ball over, he's not making the plays. Ryan Tannehill has proven, even though Ryan Tannehill's not that good, but he's serviceable. He could make some plays. So you know what? You're gonna have to see how it goes. The first couple of weeks, you could determine how Mariota goes, and then put in Tannehill. But all I'm gonna say is this: if Mariota shits the bed, <laughs> and I mean it, Seems shits somewhat the, likely, honestly, shits the bed again. <laughs> you, this team has really gotta really consider drafting another quarterback. In oh my yeah, opinion. it's getting to that point too, and this is like the perfect year to make that transition because it's his fifth year option. So Agreed. Mariota's really up against it this year. They brought in competition for him in case he falters. Like you said, Tannehill's not the best quarterback, but you could do worse than Tannehill. It really just depends how they start. I think if they get off to a bad start, fans are gonna be calling for Tannehill. You know what they say? The backup quarterback's the most popular player until they gotta play. That's true. You know, <laughs> nothing's ever guaranteed in in uh, the NFL, so you really gotta produce, or you're getting canned. So listen. Mariota, you got to show me something, man. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't like what I'm seeing from you. You are, t- I, I'm, I'm. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but you are too inconsistent. You, you have potential to be so dynamic in this league, and it's just not there on a consistent basis. So you got to clean it up. You got to stop turning the ball over because you do that a lot. And <laughs> whatever you got to do, you got to stay healthy because you, you can. He cannot stay on the field for all 16 games. It's really tough for him, and it's a problem for this team. Because mm-hmm. this team, this team's defense is one of the best in football. We're not even talking about that defense. That defense is ferocious. Head coach uh, Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, has done a fantastic job. And I think I feel bad for him because he can make his team could be good for years, but the quarterback position has been such a question yeah. mark for him. They also got Derrick Henry, who's a solid runner, who they took way too long to get the ball to last year. I'm a broken record about that, so I'll stop. So, Corey Davis is another good player. I think it's held back by Marcus Mariota. I could see him hopefully playing better this year. Could I say breakout Kansas? I'm not sure I trust the quarterback situation, so... I'm going to have to hold my breath on that one, I guess, unfortunately. I hope Davis plays well, though, obviously. I picked him up on a few teams. But besides the point, and Delaney Walker, we'll see what he has coming back off the injury. The Titans, I mean, they have some pieces on offense. They also drafted A.J. Brown, who can really help. So the, the tools are there for Mariota to succeed. Their offensive line is pretty solid, too, except when they lost Conklin. That was a tough loss, and we won, I think. Yeah. But, they, that was last year. I know they both missed some time, but the Titans have everything except the quarterback almost, it looks like. They got the dynamic defense. They got playmakers on offense. They got a great offensive line, and then it gets all wasted because the quarterback situation is garbage. Yeah. Basura. So how do you predict the standings going? And also, we didn't say this, who do you think the best coach in the division is? Best coach in the division? Yeah. Um. You know what? I'm gonna have to go with Bill O'Brien. I think oh, due to okay. his due to his um his experience, in my opinion. I'm going with Frank Wright still. You're going with Frank Wright, okay? Yeah, okay. I think he's still a solid coach. I mean, the Colts have shown a lot of solid progress, and they've gotten much better. It's not his fault with the whole luck situation, so no. we're gonna have to see how he navigates through that. That'll definitely be his biggest challenge yet. Yeah. So. But I'll give him the nod. He he's a very good coach, very underrated. You know, he got the job when Josh McDaniels kind of hosed the Colts and really <laughs> left them the dry. Oh and I love every second of it because I love Josh McDaniels. So, um, with the the reason why, and real quick, why I went with Bill O'Brien is due to his experience and what he could do. Is I think he made the Texans a much better team. I think 
he had a vision and that vi- and look at what he's done with that with that vision. So I think that he with the right pieces and people staying healthy and all that, I think that he can make this team go to different levels. Yeah, I totally agree. So we'll have to see how this goes. It's going to be um, an interesting division for sure. I agree. So who do you got winning it? Well, if you asked me a few weeks ago, it was the Colts, and I'm going to shock you right now. I think Houston's winning the division. This is the, I, I think, you know, the trades they made, I think, due to Andrew Luck, um, retiring uh, with the Jaguars, you know, they look good on paper, but until I see it in game time, then I, I'm going to go with Houston. I think Deshaun Watson's really going to break out this year and really play exceptionally well. I think you're going to see New Hopkins have another great season where he doesn't drop any passes. It's amazing how that guy doesn't drop any passes. <laughs> so I think that they're going to win the division. Maybe go. Maybe I'm going to be generous and give them a 10 and 6, 11 and 5. Maybe if that. Um, they they have the guys to make it to make it happen. The defense is there. They did lose uh, Tyron Matthew to the Kansas City Chiefs at safety. So you got to see what's going on. The secondary with them is a bit shaky in my opinion. But I think you know. Uh, J.J. Watt is still going to help this team out. They'll they'll find a way, and they will win the division. Yeah, I think so, too. I'll, I'll put the Texans at 10 wins. Mm. I think the Jaguars are going to surprise the 9-7. and seven. I think, that, like I already said. And then I think third place will be the Titans, 8-8, eight and eight, and the Colts make the big fall, 7-9. and nine. Agreed. So that's how we see the AFC South shaking out. My playoff team from the South is the Texans. And we have the Steelers, the Browns, the Jaguars all tied at 9-7. and seven. So which one of those is going to make it? Will I throw someone else in the 9-7 and seven loophole? Got to stay tuned to find out in our AFC West preview. What's up, GNT fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? Follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at GTSportsTalk2, where we provide your all-access pass to everything sports. Once again, that's at GTSportsTalk2. Now back to the studio. And welcome back, GNT fans. It is that time. We are on our final AFC preview, and we end it with the AFC West. And this division added a lot of great players, highlighted by Tony Two-Step himself, Antonio Brown. As you know, he got traded to the Raiders for literally chump change, if you want to talk about that. Uh, $3 again. Yeah, $3 again. So <laughs> this division, you know, has a lot of great teams in it. So can't wait to talk about this one. We saved the best for last. So, Jules, what do you think? I think that there's been a lot of change in this division. You got Joe Flacco heading to Denver. Mm-hmm. You got, like you said, A.B. in Oakland. You got Josh Jacobs, Tyra Williams, your boy Trent Brown. Oakland's offense looks totally different. Can Derek Carr become what he was in year two? Can we see that again out of him? Also, um, the Chiefs have a lot of stuff going on as well. They just added LaShawn McCoy, so now they got another back to replace Kareem Hunt, who obviously got suspended, and they kicked him off the team and whatnot, so... The running game is going to be different. Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson. They drafted Nicole Harmon, who I think is going to be a nice fit for them. Another speed guy to go with Tyree Kill. They still got Travis Kelsey. Of course, they still got Patrick Mahomes, the MVP. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this division has so many playmakers, it's not even funny. And, and I'll start off with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they, uh, they go out and get... Um, Tyron Matthew to help that secondary because the Chiefs defense is one of the worst in, in football. It's it's uh, 
It's horrendous. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's 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 really a disappointment to a team that could be good for a long time because this offense is the best offense in yeah, football. It still is. Highlighted by Patty Mahomes, the MVP, who I think will repeat what he did last year. He's just a playmaker. He makes throws that nobody I've never seen before. He doesn't even have to look at the receiver and he throws <laughs> it to him. Uh, Tyree Kill, you know what happened with his situation with the domestic violence, there were rumors that he broke his son's arm. Uh, now there's ru- it has been confirmed that he did not do that. So there was they thought he'd be suspended. He's not suspended. He is going to play, and that's a big plus for this team. Um, look, yeah, the running back situation for the Chiefs, they did have Kareem Hunt. They were dynamic with him. Uh, obviously, we all know last year, the domestic violence incident, he's not on them. He's now on the, the uh, Browns. So they have... Um, Damian Williams, who was great for them last year, and now they add uh, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, LaShawn McCoy and Andy Reid tag team back up again. Philly, Philly. Philly, Philly, yeah, bringing them back. So, um, yeah, that helps their offense out. I think Shady McCoy, that that happened yesterday. I think he's going to help this team a lot. I think you're going to see those two because Andy Reid agreed that that, uh, Damian Williams is not the sole starter. It's going to be split carries, so... That will help him out. Tyree Kill is there. That guy Hardman they drafted out of Georgia. He is fast. It helps Tyree Kill speed and all that. Um, you're going to see T- Travis Kelsey is now the best tight end in football. Gronk is retired, so he took that He took that title. Then there's nobody better than him. So with that, with the Chiefs, I'm just going to say it, it has to, their defense needs to play better. Um Last year, their defense was dead last in the league. They let up a lot of points. They let up a lot of yards. They don't have really... Uh, well, I'm going to say, you know what? They let go of some of their pass rush guys. They don't have Justin Houston. He was released. He's now on the Colts. They let go of D. Ford, and D. Ford was the main reason they didn't go to Super Bowl since <laughs> you line off off sides. If he didn't, they intercept the ball. They go to the Super Bowl. So, so, D. Ford gets traded to the 49ers for a second-round pick once again. A, for a former first-round pick going for – anyway, so with $3. that – Yeah, $3. <laughs> with that, um, they do add Frank Clark, I yeah. might add. So that that's a big plus for them. So you know what? I think they, they kind of upgraded, like I said, Tyron Matthew helping out that secondary because they don't have Eric Berry anymore. He was released, and he's a free agent on the street. We'll see what happens with him, if anything. So he's not what he used to be. But that's my question mark with this team. Is that is the defense? It, the offense is there. It's always going to be there, but it all leads with the defense. If that defense could play well, not play elite, play well, they could be going to the Super Bowl multiple times, in my opinion. Yeah, well, the Chiefs just try to do it like they want to score every possession. But the problem is, no matter how good they are, you can't do that in like every game. No. So the defense is going to have to stop someone eventually. And that's the question still for the Chiefs. Can they? I'm not too sure if they really answered that. They've changed a lot of stuff, but I don't think it's enough to really make a difference on that side of the ball. Because they've lost. Because they, I feel like they almost lost more than they gained in a way. I agree. So, But it's almost impossible to be as bad as they were last year. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't get much worse than that. So there's two sides of the story here. They don't turn. They the thing about the defense is they don't cause turnovers. They weren't getting to the quarterback, <laughs> well, and they had Justin Houston in front and excuse D me, Ford. D, and D Ford. Yeah, and they should be getting double-digit sacks each, and they weren't. 
What's yeah. the problem? I don't know, man. It's really... I think the secondary is actually a train wreck. I think that's one of the big problems they have. Yeah, it is. But, the secondary is garbage. They don't have good corners. <laughs> and and I'm still wondering, why did they trade away their best corner last year, Marcus Peters? That was one of the dumbest moves oh, ever. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I know he's a headache. I know he he's a, a problem. Pain. He is a pain in the ass, but that is, I get but it. But you just let go of your best corner. He Remember made plays. Remember when we were at the game and he did that? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I was waiting for when it. He, when he um, threw himself out of the game when the refs didn't throw him out. He ends up walking back in and everything. Yeah. Well, he was like, he's a psycho. The dude picked the flag up and tosses it to the stands. And then just walks off the field. And literally, <laughs> the Jets team was even like, where are you going? Yeah, it's incredible. But I understand why they got rid of him. But their defense obviously suffered without him. That was That's apparent. putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you this. If he was on that team last year in that secondary... The Chiefs would have went to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Well, that's a hot take a little bit. But I get it. I respect it. So, I think the Chiefs... They're going to be right in there again. I think they'll win the division. But here's a big storyline that we haven't talked about at all, actually. And I'm this waiting. team deserves to talk. The Sandy Los Angeles. I see. Yes, I'm still doing that. Everybody Los does Los Angeles it. Chargers. And the Melvin Gordon situation. But there's another thing under the radar besides that, actually, that I feel is not getting talked about enough. Derwin James is going to be out for a very long time, and that's a big loss for that defense. So you're going to be missing one of your best defenders and now probably one of your best running backs. So the Chargers, I had high hopes for them this season. I thought they could have challenged the Chiefs to win the division. Now, I don't even know if they're going to be a playoff team. I have them at 9-7. and seven. Well, it's definitely a problem for this team. You're losing arguably one of the best upcoming safeties in the league, not only in the division and on the team, but in the league. And then you stupidly are losing your best player, in my opinion. One of them, yeah. Melvin Gordon is, and I've said this a thousand times, and I'm going to say it one more. Melvin Gordon deserves to get paid whatever the hell he wants, okay? Here's why. Because since 2015, and for those of you who don't know, and I'm going to sound like a broken record. I know you're laughing. You're all, here I go. 2015, he did not score a touchdown. Since then... He scored the second most touchdowns to... Todd Gurley. Thank you. There we go. With 46. So, (laughs) you can't make this stuff up. He's a dynamic player. And he's just like Bell. I'm not going to say he's on Bell's level, but it's close to it. it. It's close to it. You're getting a running back one and a wide receiver one Mm -hmm. in this guy, too. This guy plays injured, okay? He does anything you need him to. He is so good and... You don't want to pay this guy? And this is a team that you're trying to sell tickets for a new stadium? Get the hell out of here. And you're getting rid of your best player? This is just asinine, okay? You yeah. need to pay the players you want people to buy season tickets to come and see. They're not coming to see Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, okay? They are here to see Melvin Gordon. MG3, okay? I'm tired of this. Flash. He needs to get paid, and this is coming from an angry Dynasty League <laughs> owner who has Melvin Gordon. Um, he deserves to be paid. I'm a diehard Patriots fan, and he is my favorite player in the NFL who's not a Patriots player, is Melvin Gordon. I love the guy. He's he's a complete mismatch when he gets on the field. He cannot be covered. He's fast. He, he, he could do it all. He needs to be paid. The Chargers are going to make a huge mistake if he get. They gave him permission to seek a trade. 
That's I what's think going you, on with this now. Yeah, apparently. I think I think the Chargers organization, the Los Angeles Chargers, and I still say San Diego. That's another thing. They should have never, never left San Diego, but that's besides the point. Yeah. So the Los Angeles Chargers are trying to sell tickets. They're trying to get better. This is a team that could be good for years to come. And they will find a quarterback after Phillip Rivers retires because he's another one who can't win the big games. That's another problem with this team. But yeah. this defense of the Chargers is elite, in my opinion. They got great pass rushers with Bosa and Ingram. They're secondary. They got Casey Hayward. They don't have Verrett anymore, who's a, who literally is a tin, is the true definition of the word tin man. Yeah, poor guy. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so... Um, and and they just lost Derwin James. So yes. this is going to be an issue. It's going to be a problem. Uh, in my opinion, I think the Chargers are, are should pay up. It was reported today that Melvin Gordon, we all knew this, was not going to report today or this week, so he won't play, unfortunately. But get your shit together, uh, Chargers. If you want to sell season tickets, go get the guy, please. This is ridiculous. Don't trade him away. And if, if you're going to trade him away... At least get a good haul for the guy. The guy's arguably one of the best players in football. And That's besides me. Don't get three dollars. Yeah, don't get three dollars. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, it's frustrating. I get where you're coming from. They, um, Justin Jackson's a nice player, and Eckler's a nice player. But I mean, these they're guys nice, yeah. aren't Melvin Gordon, and they're gonna do everything they can to fill in admirably for him, but. It's not going to be the same. Gordon had 1,300 yards of scrimmage last year. Actually, touched more, I think. And he had 14 touchdowns total. So You can't make this up. Yeah, this is what we're talking about. Austin Eckler had just under 1,000 yards from scrimmage, I remember, because I've been looking at this. So, But he's a solid player. It's just not the same. It's just not. That's just how that goes. But you know what? They're going to have to learn, I guess. It's so, I don't know if this is going to get resolved. I don't know how this ends. I don't know if Gordon gets traded. I don't know if he skips a few of them plays. I don't know if the Chargers start losing and they cave. There's a lot of different ways this can go. But they said they're not renegotiating until next season. So that seems to me like he's going to trade or he's not playing for the Chargers. And that's a shame, too, because he deserves to be playing. Last year without Le'Veon Bell, I'm sorry, a guy is as dynamic as Le'Veon Bell, and I love watching him play football, is it, it's sad in a way. It really is. It they, was tough not to see him you out need, there last you need, year. You need to pay your men, please. Especially yeah. guys who are going out and busting their ass for you and literally playing injured uh, and doing it all for you. Because Melvin Gordon literally, like I said, he, he's a running back one and a wide receiver one. You're getting two and one because he's a great receiver. That's what he brings to this team. And, yeah. you're, and listen, Eckler and Jackson are serviceable. That's all I'm going to call them. They could get the job done. They're not Melvin Gordon. Those two guys won't eat, can't combined can never put up what Melvin Gordon could do. So with that, it, it's really frustrating to me. It really annoys me that he's getting disrespected like this. This is just a slap in the face to Melvin Gordon, a first-round pick, a guy who in college was absolutely lights out and came from a backfield that had James White and Corey Clement on the same team. So all those three backs together. It's just sad in my opinion. It needs to get changed. The Chargers need to pay him. And the fact that they didn't, and now they're shutting down talks so that until after the offseason, after the season's over, get out of here, man. Come on, man. In the words of great Mike Dicka, stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Yeah, so you actually hit on some good stuff there. I think the most important player in this division is Phillip Rivers. 
with all this stuff going on, he's going to have to be Superman, carry that offense a little bit. Mike Williams, my breakout candidate, 10 touchdowns last year, a little over 600 yards, around 40 catches, missed some time. I think this year he's poised for a takeoff. His targets are going to go up since Tyrell Williams is gone. Also, Hunter Henry, I think, is going to be critical for this team. He can be another breakout candidate, missed last year with the ACL. So that's what I think the Chargers are going to have to hope that those two kinds of help fill the void that Melvin Gordon is leaving behind. I agree 100%, man. I agree 100%. Um, in this division, I think, you know what? I'm going to say the most important player in this division is Patty Mahomes. Okay. I think uh, he's the best player. He's the, he's agree a, with that too. I'm going to say but. best player, most important player, but for the Chargers, it's, it's Philip Rivers. He's going to have to be – you're exactly right. He has to be Superman. He's going to have to make these plays – um, with the weapons he has, he still has great weapons to throw to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, the Hunter Henry's coming back f- fully healthy. So with that, he's going to really have to play lights out. And this defense is really going to have to make up for the loss of Derwin James somehow. So who yeah. do you think the best coach in the division is? Andy Reid. Yeah, I have to agree, despite the playoff failures that are well-documented. Yeah. Anthony Lynn's a close second to me. Anthony John Lynn's Gruden, a great coach. I don't know what he's up to anymore. He's, his days are behind him, in my opinion. I mean, Gruden's, yeah, he's kind of, he's lost touch with the NFL, I think, almost. But maybe the Raiders will prove me wrong this year. I mean, they, I like some stuff they did. It just seems like that's not all together to me. Raiders look like a 7-9, 8-8 situation. They have a rough travel schedule, too. A lot of games in the East Coast, they ain't going to help them. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I think that John Gruden, since he came back last year, was a, he knew was a rebuilding year. This year, you know, he gets Derek Carr a new toy in A.B., one of the best receivers in football. But you gotta, you always got to watch out for A.B. with his attitude. If he's going to make a big deal about his helmet bullshit again, I don't know. But, you know... With Gruden, he still is a great coach. He's been out of the game for a long time, and I think he really has to adjust to the new NFL because he's an old-school coach. He has to adjust being out for so long. So with that being said, I think that the Raiders are – I think 8-8 eight and eight is nice. I, I'm being generous. I know my um my friend Dan, Dan Spavero, is a <laughs> big Raiders up, guy. Dan? Yep, is a big Raiders guy. And he told me when I see him all the time, he says six and ten, and he's being generous. So I'm I'm quoting him on that. Hmm. Um, I will say that Josh Jacobs going to help this team a lot in the running. They lost um, Beast Mode. Beast Mode wasn't what what he used to be. Of course, they go out and get arguably the best running back in the class, and Josh Jacobs. In yes. my opinion, is he your best rookie in the division? Yes, yes, he is, and I, I'll lead into that. He is the best rookie in the division on hard knocks. He's been quiet. He doesn't. He he's not a guy who wants the spotlight. <laughs> he hasn't even been shown once. I think no, he's not a guy who wants the spotlight. I think he's a. Uh, I think he's a silent assassin. I'm going to say. I guess and you so, always huh? wa- you always watch out for the quiet guys because those are the guys you need to really keep a close eye on because I think he can really take over for them. Yeah, I mean. It's really curious that he hasn't been on the show once yet. I really wanted to see some Josh Jacobs action. But I think we all did. I guess we're not going to see it, although there's one more, so maybe. But I think he's in the discussion. I think Tillery from the from the Chargers is um, a very good defensive player. I think he was a good pick. He had eight sacks last year at Notre Dame. So I think he's going to be in discussion with Josh Jacobs as well. And I think it's going to be an interesting race to see who the best rookie is in the division this year. 
Yeah, it, it definitely is. Tillery is definitely underrated. Not A lot of people aren't talking about him because they don't really know him that much, but we know him. We know what he brings to the table. He could help this, this defense out a lot. But I think Josh Jacobs is just going to be a guy who the Raiders rely on. He's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get a lot of scores. He'll get a lot of yards, and he'll help the, and he'll help Derek Carr out definitely in short yardage. For sure, I think it's going to be interesting to see the transformation the Carr can make this year. Like we said, if he can get back to himself. One team we haven't talked about much is the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure we're in cahoots with this to say that the Broncos are in fourth place in this division. Oh, of course. Hands down. Joe Flacco is not the answer by any means. He hasn't really shown he's capable of being an above-average starter anymore. Will he be able to air it out in Denver? Yeah, sure. I'm sure there'll be a couple exciting plays. Sanders, Sutton, I think there's another wild Darius Hamilton, I believe they have also. So they'll try to get those guys going. Philip Lindsay's been solid. Mm-hmm. Actually, above solid. He's been above average. Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman, we'll see what he can do. Last year was disappointing for Freeman. The defense is still good, but that offense just brings them down week after week, I feel like. I don't think there's enough going on in Denver. Yeah, uh, Joe Flacco is definitely not the answer. Um, and new head coach Vic Fangio um, has his work cut out for him this year. Um, Joe Flacco, in my opinion, is is after the Super Bowl win that he got. He's a fluke. I'm sorry. He's 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 the true definition of the word inconsistent. Um, I think this team. He does have a few good weapons. Emmanuel Sanders coming back to full strength. Cortland Sutton. I think he's going to be tremendous this year. Uh, Philip Lindsay gives you that dynamic, you know, he could catch the ball very well and run the ball effectively. Royce Freeman could come in and get some work done as well. Uh, with the defense on the defensive side of the ball, you're getting one of the best pass rushers in the league still, Von Miller and Nick Chubb, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb is destined to have a breakout season in my opinion. He, this is his second year. I think he could really be scary for this team and both Von, Von Miller still has got it, man. He still has it. And Nick, uh, I keep saying Nick, wow, uh, Bradley Chubb can definitely get it going. Both of them, I think they both could have double-digit sacks. Uh, the only th- and the one thing with the secondary is they added a few pieces. They added Kareem Jackson from the Texans, so coming over, division rival coming over. He was with the Texans his whole career. And they, they bring back Chris Harris to a new contract. And they, um, I think they got some other corner. I forgot who it was, but it, it's still, I, they don't have Bradley Roby anymore. It's ironic. Bradley Roby went to the uh, Texans, and they get Kareem Jackson, so it was kind of a swap. That's interesting. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think this defense is what it was back in the day, but they, they, they definitely are the bright spot of this team. And the one thing, the, the one question with the Broncos is how long are you going to stay with Flacco and how long is it going to take to see Drew Locke when he gets hmm. off of the uh, off of IR? Right, that's going to be the burning question for the Broncos, and probably the most interesting point in their season. I would guess is when Locke starts to yeah. play. But who knows? Maybe they'll exceed expectations. Maybe Flacco will reach back and have a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. Um, who like we said, anything can happen. It's a new season. It's a new year, and it's all about to take place soon. It's all coming into form. We're excited. The the season is upon us on Thursday night. It is upon us. It is back. Let's the long awaited wait Football is over. Is back, so let's get it. We are excited. Let's go. We back. So this question. Yes. Chargers record and are they a playoff team? 
Chargers record, I'm going to go with 9-7, and seven, and yes, they are. They I are. Have... You want me to give you my six teams? Yeah, I'll give you mine. Okay, so here, here's how I'm going to do it. Patriots, Chiefs, Texans. Um, Patriots, Chiefs, Texans. Um, Baltimore. Baltimore. And my wild card teams are the Jets and the Chargers. I have it pretty similar. I'll go Chiefs, Patriots, top two again. Texans, I think, will push for that spot. Ravens will be in the mix as well. I'm going to say Jets get the wild card. And I'm going to say Steelers and Jaguars are fighting till the end. And I think the Steelers eke it out. Jets five seed, Steelers six seed. Oh. So that's how I see that going. Our divisions were all the same, which is crazy. It is Tomorrow crazy. will be a little different, I feel like. Absolutely. NFC will be more jumbled up. Absolutely. It definitely will be. But who knows? Like we said, it's early. These predictions are sure to go wrong, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll be back in the middle <laughs> and in the middle of the season when we do some more pre- when we do some shows, we'll we'll definitely look back on this and see if we were right and if we were wrong. Yeah, we'll have to have a, a He mid-season. was right, he was wrong. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, for GNT Sports Talk, I'm Julian Gilardi. And I'm Bobby Thompson. Subscribe, sponsor, like, share. <laughs> All that good stuff. Heard you the know commercials the now. Everyone knows what's up. GT Sports Talk 2 is Twitter and Instagram. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Have a great one, everyone. Take care and happy football season.